0: And again, answering are the Eagles.
1: Catto now for three.
2: That's two in a row for the freshman. The steal,
1: the spin, behind the back, behind the back, splitting the double team. Here we go. Ryan Thomas with a jam. Back with authority for his oh. first point of the night. Well, that could be an SC top
0: 10. What's going on, guys? This is Screech Report. Your host, as always, Elliot, joined by Russell. Uh, what's what's popping?
2: <laughs> what's popping? <Yeah>. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Just nah. yeah, right. Same as everybody. Um, but things are opening up slowly. So I don't know. You kind of go out. You kind of yeah. What we're
0: fifty percent capacity. In something some areas? like
2: that. You kind of you know put your foot in the water, and you're like, okay, okay. There's people here.
0: Except some people are like easing restrictions equals everything's open
2: yeah i know i well there's the everybody's so antsy so yeah. it's just like oh look dave and busters is open let's all go well, i
0: can't believe okay it's may 20th mm-hmm. we're almost in june of 2020 and It feels like it just turned 2020 like it's crazy
2: yeah because time's been suspended in this but you would think bubble. it would
0: be moving slower if we're not doing anything i don't know it's weird i think
2: it's the days go it, slow but the think time goes quick
0: do you think they've messed with the simulation
2: Oh, you mean the people who control control us? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they turned it. <laughs> the the waves are different. The moon.
0: Just joking. Don't <laughs> don't get on me for that. It's a joke. So what have you been doing, Russell, to feed your uh, your sports craving? I mean, that we haven't had for what two months now, three months.
2: Well, it's been a like godsend for the last dance, obviously. Oh yeah. But now that that's over, um, which was a awesome like especially like everybody is like ooh Michael Jordan sports figure but like I'm a Bulls fan, I'm a Chicago sports fan so unfortunately but <laughs> but um
0: still rebuilding
2: right well <laughs> we had a couple Thibodeau good years Derrick Rose and then that that beautiful leg <laughs> but um the uh I mean, yeah, it was, It's great to like. I got chills the whole like last episode and watching him talk about the seventh ring and maybe of getting everybody else back together and stuff like that and and how it like almost sort of was a possibility and Reinsdorf saying Phil Jackson, you know, offered him and he's just like I don't want to go against Krauss, It's not fair to him. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, it's because I mean, the yeah. only people
0: that will ever know will be them. Krauss, yeah, the GM or uh, uh, is Kraus the GM?
2: Was the GM, yeah.
0: Who's the the owner guy?
2: Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah. I, Bulls are finally changing management up. So, hopefully we can actually be a real team in a good market like we're supposed to be. Not like, no free agent wants to come to Chicago Bulls right now. Because it's, they don't take care of their own. And it's just bad. But, a little bit of shake-up happening. But, this isn't a Chicago Bulls podcast. No, but
0: <laughs> it's it's something to talk about growing up. I never, I was too young to really appreciate Michael Jordan. I mean, during his, his last dance, I was what, five years old. (laughs) So seven, but yeah, well, 98, right? Yeah.
2: Well, you're 90. So you'd have been six,
0: 98 minus 93 is five.
2: Yeah, you're right. I I was (laughs) six or seven
0: either way. Yeah. Um, didn't really get to fully appreciate the Michael Jordan era. So yep. watching this documentary and then all that went into it, um, has really made me appreciate his greatness and sure that era and all the players he played against, it was pretty outstanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, uh, last dance reruns of certain stuff. I've been playing a lot of 2k having fun yep. with that. That's lots of 2k. That's <laughs> that kind of simulation is about as close as you can get to actual basketball. But, um, Anyways, this is our second off-season interview. Uh, we had the pleasure of speaking with Dana Caldwell. Um, some great insight. He's a sports editor for the last, I think, 27, 27 years. 27 plus, For various yeah. sports clubs, uh, professional college. He's been around most recently covering FGC basketball. Yep. So it was great to hear from him and, and what his outlook is on uh, the team, the roster, and, and where to go from here.
2: So. hmm a little bit, little tidbit about the uh, FGCU Athletics Hall of Fame too. He was a panelist for that, selected. So we'll get to hear a little bit about that too, and yeah, get some insight.
0: So uh, here's the interview, and enjoy. Welcome, Dana. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem. We enjoy it. Um,
1: it's a weird time to talk about college basketball, but I'm always up for it. <laughs>
0: oh, of course! It's the only thing that we can uh, do to get by right now. It's either that or video games or the last dance.
1: <laughs> right, right. I uh, I was listening to Como talk yesterday during a presser about uh, how important it is for uh, you know for us to get sports going. You know, obviously we can't go in person, but uh, we can watch it on TV, and that will be a big help.
0: And they uh, recently announced that they're. Um replaying the Game 6, I think, of the 98 Finals tonight on ESPN, which is going to be pretty fun to watch. I'm going to try and tune into that.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying some of this old classic stuff, man.
0: Yep. So, uh, Dana Caldwell, uh, former sports editor um, for various clubs, college and professional for almost 30 years, most recently covered FGCU. Uh, How's life been treating you since covering FGCU sports?
1: Uh, It's... uh, (laughs) Been, it's been different man after uh, 27 years in the sports writing business as a columnist reporter and uh, and sports editor uh, uh, i'm doing something different now i'm a proposal writer uh for a pharmaceutical benefit management company something i thought i would never ever ever do much less like and man i just love it it's uh it's it's a lot more interesting than it sounds uh, the hours are great it's uh wonderful not to be able to uh, it's wonderful to be able to not work on nights and weekends and it's a different life but i'm really enjoying it guys i i I miss the sports to a degree but i don't necessarily miss the vocation things had changed quite a lot when i was laid off for the last time last february so life's good i appreciate you asking
0: yeah it's uh i'm sure it's different being a fan now than it was maybe doing work for it and, and always having to be there for for certain events and and certain requirements and deadlines
1: much different. Uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the fandom. I didn't get to as many games last year uh, by a long shot as I wanted. It's uh, a little more hard to get motivated after a day in the office. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to uh, office hours again, although I'm working remotely uh, right now, and that could extend. But, uh, yeah, after uh, after a full day at the office, you know, it's kind of hard, even though the arena's close to, to get over there. But I'm going to do that a whole lot more next season, assuming next season happens. I did watch uh, most of the men's games on uh, on ESPN3, though, and, uh, you know, especially toward the end of the season, I liked a lot of things I saw.
0: How has uh, this crazy pandemic affected your work? Have you been able to keep doing what you've been doing, or has it affected the your workplace as a whole? I know it's basically everyone's being affected in some way or the other, but just want to get some insight from you on yeah.
1: that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I uh, I work for a really good company. It's uh, called VenaCard. Uh, we work out of Bonita Springs. Uh, we're at the, uh, at the head of a golf course and a really nice office. But we have, uh, our headquarters is in Pennsylvania and we have an office in New Jersey as well. And they, uh, they got us out real early, uh, all us white collar folks. And then they, uh, they got the call center people. Uh, they're basically there to answer calls about medications and, uh, you know, nods from pharmacists and such. And, uh, they were, they were out about a week after we were. So they had to, uh, they had to buy about 250 laptops for the call center people and, uh, you know, get them all outfitted to work from home. And that's still going on smoothly. Uh, I think I'm in like week seven, maybe week eight of working remotely. So we really haven't skipped a beat. Honestly, our uh, supervisor said a uh, proposal said that we've, uh, we're way far ahead of the usual pace if we've been working remotely. So, so this could happen uh, full time and I'm kind of good with it either way. But yeah, it's a, uh, I, I will tell you that uh, we had a, uh, a in in my area of the office there. I think there were about twenty of us, and uh, unfortunately, three coworkers tested positive, and, and one actually passed. So uh, that was very early on. So uh, you know, that was that was pretty sad and scary times.
2: Wow, man! I mean, it's definitely like anything else. There's you know conflict in this case. The, you know, coronavirus. But, you know, whether it's a person or a company, it's you got to change with the times or else you're going to die. Not literally, but, um, you know, as a company. So it's nice that, you know, when it seems like all three of our companies personally now um, are sort of adapting to the times and, you know, getting those laptops for you guys and not just kind of folding. Um, Right.
1: And I think life is just really going to change. I'm sorry to sound like cowherd here (laughs) and be all sports (laughs) for another minute or three, but you know, I, I think lifestyle in America is just going to change. I think a whole lot more people are going to work remotely, and I think uh, telemedicine is just really going to take off, something that I've been hoping would happen for a very long time for a lot of reasons. Sure. Very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what the uh, post-COVID landscape looks like here in the USA.
2: Sure. Um, kind of, yeah, transitioning to basketball a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, as we said, and as you've said, we've been away from you know the coverage aspect of the sport um, for a few years and a couple years now. Um, and what's it been like following the team from a distance? What what have you seen? I know it's been kind of rocky since you left. I don't know if that has to do with you leaving or not, but <laughs> but um, yeah, what's it been like for you? <laughs>
1: Tell you what what does have to do with me leaving is i don't think a single friday night high school game has had a lightning delay since i've been gone but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I can't take credit for uh for the basketball woes uh there's a lot of reasons for those uh you know obviously uh nobody's happy with the way things have gone uh that that mostly includes uh michael fly um well, one of the big differences i, I would say in uh, in my experience through this is uh you know, I, I worked with Fly on a professional level, and, and we became good friends over the years. Um, you know, I would uh, i pick his brain on some things, and you know, he'd be very measured. He always took care of his head coaches and stuff. But you know, I learned a lot from Michael, and you know, now now we're uh, we're very good friends, and uh, so I I actually know more than, than I used to know. But uh, unfortunately, I really can't say a whole lot of, of what
2: I know. <laughs> right? We never want to want to get you in trouble there. <laughs>
1: Right, right. But, uh, you, you know, basically, uh, Michael, the first-time head coach, uh, this being a little bit rocky is, is not a major surprise. The, uh, the, the the cupboard was not nearly as full as it was when Dooley took over previously. Uh, you know, he inherited, you know, the team. Um, and, and you know, things just uh, – it, it's just almost been a perfect storm between injuries and, and guys maybe not working out right. Uh, guys, maybe not uh, doing real well in the transition. Um, you know, Michael's got a different mindset on, on how to relate to players, what he expects from players on a personal level, uh, academically, some things like that. And obviously, the style is, is much much different, and it's taken a while to uh, to be able to get that across. Plus, uh, you know, the uh, I don't want to make too many excuses for my bud, but uh, you know, the injury bug has been pretty terrible. Uh, so he hasn't had any depth whatsoever, and he's been pulling in a quick fix here or there, you know, like Kashmir. Um, he's got another, uh, graduate player coming in this year that'll be a big contributor. But, you know, when you, when you lose Zach Scott right off the bat, you've got, uh, you know, you, you, will basically lose what you're building your entire team around in year one. And then, you know, last year was all kind of rocky with, uh, with all sorts of different things. But I, but what I like is, uh, I'm finally seeing, what he's been talking about for a long time. I, I did see the style of play get get uh, much much quicker, especially in the half court sets. Uh, I, I liked uh, that there was actual rim protection last year. That's something they were missing horribly. Um, I, I like the cats that he's got coming back for the most part, very much. Uh, some of them have not developed yet as quickly as uh, as we as we might have thought, but some of them have developed a lot quicker than we ever imagined. And then uh, then guys, this is just his second real recruiting class, um, and, damn, it's a good one. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I, I, you know, I just talked to Michael just a day or two ago, and through everything, you know, year three was pretty much circled, and uh, he said his expectations from year three, which were, which were very high, I might say, uh, when he took over, uh, his expectations are the same for, for, you know, for this year three that's getting married to hopefully come up.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's strange. It's a strange situation, and you're definitely right. The, he had a lot less to, you know, to go with than obviously when Dooley, you know, came in. You're definitely right there. And, you know, it is only his second recruiting last coming in, coming in. And so, I mean, with that being said, it's almost like it's year three, but it's like year two, two and a half, you know? And it's like, that's not, as a fan, that's not what you want to hear because it's, you know especially i would say most uh, fans of fgcu basketball are you know post dunk city so it's it's not a culture that has been that has experienced any losing so they they're spoiled to be i mean i'm spoiled <laughs> you know and so seeing this it's not fun but it's uh, it's a trust the process kind of thing it's and then especially at least record wise you see a regression but that's because, you know, it, it was De Niro Mercurius, it was uh, Cedric Cashmere, it was, you know, those guys who were that fill in. That's right. But, um, you know, going forward, it definitely looks like a good recruiting class. And, you know, those last year, start of the season, it's three Juco guys who, you know, we fly has said on a couple occasions that it takes Juco guys sometimes six-plus months to sort of acclimate to the D1 game, and but they had to be starting right away. So it was like you watched Jalen Warren, Justice Rainwater, Sam Gagliardi and company. You watched them learn on the fly last year, no pun intended.
1: That's exactly right, which is, uh, you know, you're talking about Juco guys, but it's very reminiscent of uh, Comer and uh, Bernard Thompson uh, starting as freshmen. Um, you know, it, that, that wasn't a thing of beauty right off the bat. That, that took a while to, to, to actually happen. And, you know, uh, Zach starting at the point is uh, redshirt uh, red freshman season. It's, uh, it's difficult, guys. The speed of the game is a, is a whole different animal in Division One. But uh, I think the guys that you just mentioned, every single one of them is going to be much, much better this season, having played so much so early last season. You know, that's, that's an obvious thing. And obviously, yeah, that's also with Cyrus Largy, uh, who has just been absolutely (laughs) shocking, I think, to everybody, including, you know, Michael, who, uh, who just loves this kid.
2: Right, he was fun to watch. I mean, when when he when we first saw him get minutes, it was kind of like, oh, why is why is he in? But it was only a four minutes or so. And then we talked after the game, like, why why like what? No, was he really in? And <laughs> then the next game, he got like he got a start at one point, pretty early in the season. And we're like, what is going on here? <laughs> Who is this kid? Um, but yeah, it was a great story for him to. I mean, you know, the obvious comparison is Sherwood Brown, but the. You know, it's you got to put realistic expectations too, and just kind of see what happens. But he looks great.
1: Yeah, and you know, he started actually started the last four games. Mm-hmm. And he, he averaged nine point five uh, points and six point three rebounds, and shot fifty two percent from the field. But this this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> he, he made uh, what is it? Ten out of 3 pointers. Now now that can't continue, surely.
2: <laughs> right. But,
1: uh, you know, golly, what a threat. What a threat! And he's just a little fireplug, man. Tough little kid, and he's no longer a walk-on,
0: of course. Right. So, looking back and in, into the past, what are some of your favorite moments and memories while covering FGCU? Oh goodness, of course,
1: uh, of course, the uh, Sweet Sixteen run. Let maybe, me uh,
0: maybe some that that the public wouldn't know about some in, behind the scenes or some of the the memories that are kind of hidden from the public view.
1: Oh. That's uh, <laughs> hidden from the public view. <laughs> too much about that. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I think probably the, the, the first time I got really excited about covering FCCU basketball, uh, it started with the women. You know, of course, uh, back sure. then, that uh, started in 2005. And, uh, you know, the men weren't anything to write home about. But the women have just always been good. I, I just think uh, – you know, I've covered Gene Katie. I've covered Nolan Richardson teams. I've covered Bob Knight teams. And I, I, I tell you, people look at me like I'm crazy. I, I think Carlos Mesco is the best college basketball coach I've ever seen in my life, period. Hands down, not close. But I remember when they, uh, they had Michigan State in the building and, and they beat Michigan State. Uh, I, I don't remember if Michigan State was ranked, uh, but they, I'm thinking they probably were around 20th, something like that. And FGCU didn't beat Michigan State. FGCU beat the tar out of Michigan State. I wanna say that's <laughs> like two thousand and seven or eight, their their first or second season of D one.
2: Wow.
1: That was a tremendous memory, you know. I I remember uh, when when the women came into the league, East Tennessee State was the team to beat. And uh, Carol Kemp's teams they they pressed all over the floor. Uh, they didn't look anything like, you know, physically anything like FGCU did and and watching those teams go back and forth and then and then FGCU totally take that mantle away. I think the last time they played F G C U won by about twenty in a in a pretty important game. Uh that was fun to watch. I, I loved watching uh Dave Tollette's baseball teams and baseball players develop. Oh for sure. I, yeah, I, I uh remember sitting around with uh Chris Sale and his uh and, and his Ryland when uh Ryland was an infant and stuff talking to uh Chris and his wife and and I remember Chris Hill pulling up as a as a cocky freshman in a banged up pickup truck with the windows down and and uh, and music blaring from his truck and how cocky he was and how he went from that to what he is now. Um, you know, I remember, uh, believe it or not, I remember uh, tennis, a uh, uh, hey Sun Championship tennis uh, men's that that went on into uh, I think about eleven or twelve o'clock at night after tipping off about nine that morning. Uh, I remember David DeRosa's softball teams when they were really super good, and, and uh, Cheyenne Jinks was a three-star athlete. You know, I, I, could just, I could just go on. I remember uh, women swimming coach Neil Studd. He's one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet in your life, uh, and he's doing wonderful things at Florida State. That, that's a great memory. I remember Carl McAloose, who built this thing. Yeah. Uh, and what an awesome not only guy he was, but a really, really damn good athletic director. Um, you know, the memories, they're, they're just everywhere, guys. I could talk about this all day, <laughs> so uh, I probably ought to start curtailing this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there just are so many memories. I, I, really, I really love covering FGCU. Again, I covered Arkansas, two stints for about eight, nine years. I covered IU, Purdue. I have absolutely, I absolutely love covering these FGCU kids because I'll tell you, there is a giant difference and and uh you know these power five conference players and uh the kids you get over to fgcu now that's not to say of course not all power five conference players are bad some of them are the greatest people i've you know drew Brees. uh, you'll never meet anybody greater than that i got to cover him as junior season oh that's cool you know the the kids are usually hungry and humble and uh man i I just really enjoy being around them i still do I, i get over to practice some and uh, Michael even lets me in the film room every once in a while, and uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy being around them. They make you feel young, and uh, just just so many impressive people at FTC. I, I I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss that. I don't miss the business, but I I do miss being over there quite often, and I'm I'm gonna work on doing better on that.
2: Sure, and uh, yeah, just the camaraderie around all the guys and and all the teams, and and yeah, that's definitely something to that's definitely the part that everybody remembers, um, when you're in it. And, you know, the special thing about FGCU is, you know, such a young university and it seems like every single athletic program is, you know, the class of the conference for the most part. So that's definitely fun in that aspect.
1: I've been in that way for quite a long time. Uh, I, I am guessing our time's running down. Let me just, let me just throw out a couple of things real quick. Um, I, I really think there is a ton of reason to feel good about next season for the men. Um, I, I, just, I, I just really do. I'm looking at this roster, and I'm, I'm liking the guards. I'm liking Jalen Warren. I'm liking Largie, Caleb Cato, uh, Gagliardi, excellent players. And then what I really love is all the six eight link that they've got coming in. Oh, and, and all, by the way, they've got the, the Eli kid, Abib or whatever his name is, coming in from Austin to uh, the grad guy who averaged 8 and 8 last season in the OVC, which is quite a lot better than the A-Sun. So, and then uh, you got Don London coming in here, a, the three-point shooter who, who
2: actually made 10 three-pointers in games last yeah, year. Yeah, he, he looks pretty exciting.
1: Oh, yeah, man. All these guys, AFCC hey, hey, fans, you can see all these recruits. If you Google them, you'll find them. Uh, you know, Zach Anderson, who's coming in. He's one of those six eight guys I'm talking about. This is a guy, they've been looking for a feeler since feeler left. They've been looking for a feeler since feeler left. Michael feels like Zach Anderson can be that guy. You know, if you remember, Chase, he uh, he was a spot-up shooter. Um, he didn't do a lot of drilling. He didn't create his own shots. He'd roll back off a of pick-and-roll and pop threes and things like that. And he was such a good outside shooter that he could pump fake and then go straight to the basket. That's where, you know, a lot of those dunks came from. This guy is like is like that. Again, Dom London, 13 JUCO All American, three point shooter like crazy. This Louis Lewis Roland. Have you seen film of this guy? This yeah,
2: guy? he <laughs> not again, not with the expectations, but does he not remind you of Comer <laughs> with the way he passes the ball?
1: Yeah, me and Michael have talked about that incessantly. Now He's not nearly as quick as Brett, but he might be faster, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And he is so smart with the basketball and so strong. And when I was covering Arkansas, Arkansas had some, some strong point guards. Corey Beck, when they won the national championship, just a strong, physically strong, tough guy. This is that. But he's so creative with his passing, and he is very much a pass-first guy. The only thing that he doesn't have that Comer that, that, uh, had, is uh, he can't pop the threes, but right, that couldn't right. either when he got here. So we'll see what develops along those lines. Mm-hmm. Victor Rosa, you know, th- this guy is, uh, <laughs> he's just an excellent athlete.
2: Yeah.
1: A 6'5 shooter. And then you go back to the 3'6'8 guys coming back. I-, I love Justice Rainwater. I freaking love Justice Rainwater. <laughs> um, and-, and Dakota Rivers really came on. I don't know so much that, uh, that, that he surprised the coaching staff, um, but, but I, he surprised me some, the way he really came on last season. He's going to be a heck of a player. And then I think one of the big wild cards for them is going to be uh, Kwanzie Samuels. Um, Kwanzi is another guy that Michael thinks can be feeler-like. In fact, uh, one of the things that Michael has done during this summer, during this breakaway from the players, they can't instruct him what to do or anything, but he sends them inspirational clips. So, uh, for Quanzy, for instance, he'd been sending film of, uh, of Fiedler. And of course he's been breaking down film of all the losses and sending plays and sure. players and all that. But for Quanzy, he's been sending, uh, you know, tape of, uh, well, tape, like I'm a thousand years old, film or <laughs> whatever you want to call it, he's been sending vid to, uh, Samuels of Feeler, And if Quanzy, Quanzy, uh, I, I think it shows he had four early starts. The expectations for him were great. It didn't work out that way, but, uh, He's, he's got all the confidence and the ability in the world. And I really think he's going to pop way out of that shell this year. And 39 blocks a game is just tremendous with as few minutes as he played. And then you got Justice Rainwater with 37 blocks. There's going to be a lot of athleticism. They're going to be able to to fly. Would love to play 40 minutes of hell. He'd love to press the whole time. He can't do that anymore. He doesn't feel like, but we can see uh, 20, 28 minutes of uh, trapping. Mostly full court, and uh, that would be a great thing to see with six foot eight long armed athletes all over the place and skillful guards. We'll see how it plays out, and you know, have no doubt, Michael. Michael knows what's on the line here. He knows what's got to be done. Right. But uh, I, I think this will be a really, really fun team to watch, which I think is also extremely important.
2: For sure, I know it's definitely closer to the style that he wants to play, and that'll be fun to see. Um, how effectively that plays out. We're excited about it for sure. But um, just to kind of finish things off, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Athletic Director Ken Kavanaugh um, you know, went on the radio and talked, made the announcement about the FGCU Athletics uh, Hall of Fame, uh, the inaugural, at least the only announced team, is going to be the FGCU uh, you know, Men's 2012-2013 Dunk City team, um, honored at the game that USC comes to the LECO. Um, cause Andy Enfield will be there and that's super exciting. But he also announced that, um, you're one of the panelists uh, along with a few others, but, um, just kind of what, what, in, what went into the selection, uh, process of, you know, choosing you and how did he approach you with that? And what's that going to look like?
1: I think, uh, he got really desperate and just, uh, remembered my name and said, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, um, I, I, covered FGCU for 14 years, so, so I have pretty good background on it. And I, other than that, there's no other reason in the world that he was selected me. And I, I believe this thing, uh, it will rotate on an annual basis or, or new committees will be put together. I'm not 100% sure on that, but, uh, we've got a really good panel. Uh, David Moulton is on it. Uh, in fact, this is how, this is, okay, this is kind of a funny story. So we're all sitting upstairs in a conference room and, one of the stipulations uh, originally, uh, Kavanaugh had uh, printed out basically what they did at Bradley with their Hall of Fame. And one of the stipulations was that teams could not be honored collectively until I think it was either five or ten years down the road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, David, David's head kind of dropped a little bit, and he said, uh, what, 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 hold it, <laughs> hold it, the first class. Of FTCU Athletics Hall of Fame cannot not include the Doc CD. It, it just cannot. And, you know, that took about seven seconds of discussion, and, and that's really how that came about.
2: Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, I know going from here on out that, you know, stipulation five, ten years or whatever um, might make sense. But to get it kicked off, I mean, there really isn't another way to go. That, that put everything on the map for a lot of reasons.
1: And obviously we're going to do the best we can to get uh as many of those players
2: as we can. It'll
1: it'll probably be a really, really a long shot to get Feeler. Uh you know, it's possible we could get good one in here. a uh, not good one. so that wouldn't make any sense, would it? <laughs> uh, you know, Comer, uh Comer I believe is expressed interest in trying to get down here and I think uh I think we might be able to work that out with a quick fly in and fly out. Uh, and what a job they've done at date, huh, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it should be a it should be a really fun night, great time. Uh, I just mentioned Moulton. I'd, I'd just like to say uh, thoughts and prayers to David. Um, he uh, tomorrow he, he's got uh, a kidney cancer issue. He tweeted about that. Yeah. Um, so thoughts and prayers to him. He's uh, one of the toughest guys I've ever known, mentally and emotionally, and every other way. He'll whip, this he'll whip this thing, but uh, just just want to throw that out there.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was definitely sad to see that come across the feed, and but, I mean, you, you see all the support that he's getting because he's, I mean, whether it's professionally, personally, or just listening to him on the radio every day, um, he's reached a lot of people, so there's a lot of people that care.
1: He's such a good man. Yeah, he's just such a good man. I just can't even uh, emphasize that strongly enough. Great guy.
0: Well, Dana, that's about all the questions we got today. We thank you for uh coming on and, and talking basketball with us and uh look forward to seeing you around next year and maybe catch a game or two and um any last thoughts and comments for, for next season and anything you wanna close with?
1: Well, I just uh I appreciate what you guys are doing. Obviously, uh You know,
0: it's obviously, it's obvious what's going
1: on in the newspaper business. It's, it's just about dead. So there's, there's almost no coverage of FTC athletics anymore, which really hard for me to see. Uh, so, so we appreciate guys like you, you guys, uh, doing what you're doing. Anything at all to get the name out there is, is a good thing. And, you know, uh, fans are having to be more creative now to be able to keep up with the team. So you guys are really helping fill the void there. So just want to let you know, appreciate you guys.
0: Appreciate it. It's been a blast. It's uh, something we've always talked around the water cooler, so they say. So we figured, why not, you know, get a couple mics and put our thoughts in the into the internet world and have fun while doing it. So we appreciate it.
1: Keep it up, guys. Hit me up anytime.
2: Thank you, Dana. Yeah, have a good one, man.
1: You do the same. See you. Bye. bye. bye.
0: Thanks again to Dana for joining us on the uh, podcast. It was great to talk to you. And um, looking forward to next season, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be having some more off-season episodes in the near future. Go Eagles!